Yo, 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 what's up? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so excited to share my interview with the one, the only, Kenny Luck. Now, you may not recognize that name um, unless you've been around in men's ministries for a while because Kenny was the men's ministry uh, leader for 14 years at Saddleback Church in California, uh, which is led by Pastor Rick Warren and has done a bunch of different things over the years to help Christian men. This guy is lights out in his messaging. He and I have been trying to connect and I've been trying to get him on the podcast for over a year, probably about a year and a half, honestly, almost two years now that I think about it. And we were finally able to make it work. And honestly, this interview did not disappoint. We talked about uh, men in culture today. We talked about what it means to be a strong man, biblical literacy, sexual integrity. Uh, we talked a little bit about business, uh, even just an entrepreneur side of being a, a man. And then a movement that he's pioneering called Dangerous Good. Really, really in, uh, incredible movement there. And so this was a very robust, very well-rounded interview. Kenny is clearly a pastor and a preacher through and through. You, you can just see it in pretty much every word that comes from him. Uh, it's really quite amazing what he's doing. Uh, and I, I think you're going to get a lot from this. So if I can just recommend one thing, let's just, you know, let's just keep our eyes, our ears and our hearts open. Uh, you're going to get some really valuable material here. And the one thing I really appreciated that, that Kenny kind of drove home early in the podcast was the importance of that, that intimacy with God, which is something we talk about a lot here and the importance of a relationship with God that is fueled or driven by revelation. And we kind of get into that into the later parts of the interview. But if you can piece those things uh, together in your own life and kind of apply what we discuss, your life will get better from this interview. I can pretty much guarantee it. So anyway, without further ado, guys, here's my interview with Kenny Luck. Enjoy. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, this has been a, a long time in the making here. We've tried a couple times and we finally made it happen. Kenny, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, it's so good to be with you. I, I cannot wait to see what God wants us to talk about because it has been so, it's been a battle. It has. To to get together And here we are. And thank you for your patience. Oh, <laughs> well, it's going to be worth it. I, I already know that because I've been listening to your stuff. I, I love it. Um, and you you really are hitting on important subjects in a in a really a really relevant way I would say for men especially Christian men and so I'm excited to jump in I want to I want to just go right into it if that's okay my, my first question to you Kenny is about biblical literacy so this is something yeah. that um, you know you mentioned you're a pastor I didn't get a chance to mention this before but I, I was a pastor for 10 years myself dad was a pastor grandpa was a pastor so it runs pretty deep in the family and my my personal perception, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my personal perception is that biblical literacy on the whole is down. Um, and I would say especially among men. Um, I think our audience, they, this isn't the first time they're hearing us talk about this, but I guess um, I, I'm wondering what you've been doing with Every Man Ministries to address this issue or to at least, at the, at the very least, encourage guys to get in the word and not just you know read a verse of the day, but really actually get into the meat of the Word of God. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I've always contextualized biblical literacy literacy in the context of intimacy with God. You can't have intimacy with God unless you understand the Word of God. Like the Word of God is central; it's our reference point. You know, um, when uh, guys were dropping off in John chapter six, and Jesus looks at Peter and says, "Are you leaving too?" And he goes, "Where else can we go? Only <laughs> you have words of life." And so, when you understand. You know, Jesus's own passion. Read John 17. I mean, there's so many references. Read Psalm 119, the essential nature. I mean, the word of God is like oxygen for the Christian life. Mm -hmm. How else do we understand who God is? How else do we understand what his nature is? Uh, mm -hmm. How else do we understand what relationship um, with God looks like from the Ten Commandments in Exodus to the Sermon on the Mount, you know, mm -hmm. where Jesus summarizes it even in Matthew 22, where he contextualizes God's word, the whole law and the prophets. And so when God speaks, you know, you're supposed to listen up. I think all the guys listening to us, whatever their passion is, if they got to talk with the number one person in their passion, if you love basketball, you got an hour with Steph Curry. If you love golf, you got an hour with Justin Speed or, or Rory McIlroy. If you love music, you get an hour with John Mayer, whatever. Sure. We would, if they spoke, we would close our mouths and we would listen and we would we do the thing that they suggest or coach us um, to do. How much more? How much more in life and godliness uh, do we do that with God? But because of the noise, because of the hurry, because of the digital war, that little square thing that fits in our pockets, <laughs> podcasts, we turn to every other source to try to feed and inspire our Christian life other than the word of God. And, you know, God's a person. It's like, wait, I want to have the first conversation. I want to have. So I think yeah. when we think about Christ formation, um, number one, the number one discipline in Christ formation, becoming like Christ, which is the definition of discipleship, yeah. is the number one discipline is time and God's word, listening to God's word, and applying God's word. You know, when you read mm. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about all these wonderful things. And at the very end, he said, whoever hears my words and puts them into practice right. is like a wise man. That's how he punctuates the Sermon on the Mount. And so teaching, great, Bible, awesome. That's how we pour gas on our relationship with God. You can't have a relationship with God without loving the word of God, according to Jesus. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by the Father, John 14, 21. So there's relationship with God. The word of God facilitates relationship with God. And then application of the word of God. The purpose of God's revelation is not consideration or discussion or even interpretation. The purpose of revelation is application. That's right. And so God's word is like oxygen. And when you look at God's word, like oxygen to your walk with Christ, you reframe it in the right way biblically. So I agree with you. Biblical literacy is at an all time low. And in the end, it's hubris because, you know, when we have the word of God and we're running on the opinions of man, when we have the word of God, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Get in your yeah. word every day. Yeah. So, you know, it's like it, the Bible says your servant will meditate on your decrees. So there's your identity. 
right? Servant, mm -hmm. God's man, your servant will meditate. Okay, that's the activity, right? So identity, activity, meditate, think deeply and continuously on your decrees, right? There's the mm -hmm. object of our activity. So, you know, we could go on for three podcasts <laughs> on just the centrality of God's word. And the man of God loves the word of God, period, end of story. So well said. What would you say to someone, Kenny, who's hearing this, that's going, Kenny, you got me, man. I agree. I know I'm not getting to my word, but I read it and it's almost like I don't even understand what I'm reading or I don't know where to right. start or I'm not a scholar. Yeah. I don't have these great expository revelations. Right. Uh, how does somebody at least just get the ball rolling if they want to take a step forward? Yeah, I think you go to your felt needs. Like I remember I really dug deep in the whole into the whole issue of sexual integrity. I read the Sermon on the Mount. I was mm. like, okay, what are the issues that are affecting me? Relationships, family, fatherhood, um, sexual integrity. And you go and you get God's mind. I think that's what's what really created a hunger. And so when you hear me say scripture off the top of my head, my relationship with God, what does he want for it? My relationships with people. What's God's mind on relationships? So relationship with him. Mm. What do you God, how do you want this to work? You know, and then I remember being a young Christian and having that dilemma. And I, and I just went, Lord, how do you want this relationship to work? How does it work? You yeah. know, I remember reading um, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. And I remember reading Luke 10, which is in Jeremiah, it says, don't boast in wisdom, riches or might. Let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and that he knows me. Okay. That word for no is yada. It means to have a deep, intimate relation. Oh, God, you want to be deep and intimate with me? Awesome. Luke 10, Martha and Mary, her sister. And I thought, I'm like that Martha girl. Jesus is in the house, but I'm really having a hard time connecting with him. Yeah. And Jesus memorializes Mary because one person is winning, is losing to hurry and distraction. Another person is winning slow and connection. Mary. Yeah. And he goes, Mary's chosen the good part. So I realize, gosh, God, you look up the, you, you get to know the two words for to know in the Old Testament and the New Testament, yada, gnosko. And I go, boy, he just wants to have a relationship with me. So translate that into your regular life and go, okay, what does a relationship look like? Time, exchange of information, listening, yep. uh, the prioritizing of what gives the other person uh, joy and pleasure and delight. And so we complicate a relationship with God when we fail to look at it through the lens of just a personal relationship. And that's what's different about Christianity. Yeah. Religion gives you a reward that is merit-based at the end. Like you have to perform for it. Christianity is the only, it's not a religion. It's a relationship where right. You get acceptance and affirmation on the front end. That's grace, which then opens this door to forget about performance, right? You got me. I love you. I will never stop loving you. You are always mine. You're mine. I've set you aside for myself. So you don't have to perform. So move from performance to the permanence of relationship and grace. Yeah. And so when you get that, like, it's just a relationship I am the I am the beloved son of a perfect father who wants to know me. Now, I realize that a lot of your listeners, maybe they had a sucky relationship. 
hmm. with their dad. Yep. And we project that onto God. Well, if my dad was distant, he's distant. If my dad wanted me to perform for his attention, I got to perform. No, God loves you. You're his. You'll never lose him. He'll never forsake you. Get to know him. Get to know his thoughts. Get to know his hearts specifically toward you. So that's number one. And then I always go to felt needs because I feel like when the Bible says, I was hungry and you fed me, I was naked and you clothed me. A lot of times when it comes to biblical teaching, we forget that we're talking to a person who is beset by life. You know, there's a lot of life is hard, the law of sin, the law of loneliness, you know, and find out what God's mind is on just the deep felt needs in your life. Hmm. If you're a dad or you're a husband, maybe it's marriage and family. If you're a single dude who's God's man, maybe it's sexual integrity and, and, and get, I feel like hungry feed naked clothes is always like, what's the need? Because if, if your main needs are not being addressed, it's hard to focus on the deep stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. and that's the problem with men. A lot of men's ministry is that we focus on, you know, get strong, you know, get your Bible, get, I believe that. But I believe that health and felt needs, if they're present, those need to be addressed first because that's where a guy's head is at. It's like, yes. I can't focus on the depth of, of the book of Romans when I'm guzzling porn or I can't focus on. So I, as a minister to men, I always know that there are just maybe four or five, six things that yeah. every man struggles with. And I just, yeah. I kind of ask some questions like, hey, you know, go here, go here. And when that happens, when you feel God transform your life in an area of felt need, it motivates you to go deeper on some of these other things. And But you got to address the felt need first. So that's what I encourage men to do is like, okay, hey, what's going on in your life? Yeah. Get God's, get God's mind on that. Get a book study, get it with a group of guys and address it. Yeah. And I don't, for me, I find I'm the most primed for revelation when there is a felt need, right? Because it kind yeah. of, it, you're hungry. So naturally, you're just going to look for that stuff and you're going to find it. Um, you said something earlier that um, uh, I'm going to pair, I'm going to use my language because I've said something similar. Revelation without application is information. That's the way I say it. And I know you said something very similar. Yeah. What? Why do you think that we, we're so lacking in the application part of it? Because um, I, I have some opinions about just the digital age. I've heard you talk about podcasts, how... We're using yeah. podcasts to substitute yeah. things that are actually not supposed yeah. to be substituted. Um, but I guess I'm just wondering, like, uh, the application part, I think, is so important because that's where real transformation takes place. Um, maybe I'll actually rephrase the question a little bit. How yeah. do guys start to act on the things that they read in the Bible? Yeah, um, I think it all boils down to their view of God. My life in God reflects my view of God. So if mm -hmm. if Jesus is the vine and I'm the branch... If he's the potter, if God's the potter and I'm the clay, if he's the shepherd and I'm the sheep, if he's the creator and I'm the created, I think it all boils down to your view of God. Who's talking here? It's like my analogy before. If I got an hour with Steph Curry on how to shoot a three-pointer, three I'd shut my pie hole and I'd listen to him. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? And, and that's where I think we've lost. Um, I think there's distortions. I think um, there are distortions and misperceptions in people's view of God that, that are a result of their cultural lens, 
their 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 traumas, big T and little T traumas, their past, their unresolved pain, um, you know, their um, their religious culture, you know, where there's all these lenses through which we're seeing God in ourselves, and it creates distortions, mm-hmm. right? And and when you have a distorted view of God, you have a distorted view of yourself and Him. And listen, when someone misperceives you and lives out of that misperception and you find out they're living out of a misperception of you, it kind of like makes you go, that's not me. Yeah. Not how I feel. Yeah. It's not how I feel about them. It's not what I said. Yeah. All of that. But we all have to realize that we, we all to a certain degree, to greater and lesser degrees have distortions and misperceptions about God. And we have to look at the things that cause those distortions and misperceptions of who God is, get to the bottom of it, Yeah. all right? Whether that's unresolved pain or hurt or loss, whether that's trauma, whether that's cultural things, you know, um, whether that's religious culture that we grew up in, whether that's, and go straight to the pure milk of the word, let God be who he says he is, yeah. and let the text speak, speak for itself. So, application usually has to do the lack of application a we we have to see see god for who he is and who we are because then it brings humility hmm. the branch is always submitted to the vine yeah you know, apart from me you can do nothing nothing yeah. potter shapes the clay Creator has the intention and vision for what he creates. So let's put God back in his spot. Mm. Let's assume our spot. Humility invades the relationship, which creates a healthy and humble dependence. And where there's healthy and humble dependence, there will be listening. There will be application. Because not only does he know more, not only is he wiser, not only does he have my best interest in mind, but he loves me. Hmm, And that's when I find myself going, boy, I'm going to listen to the person who knows more, who's wiser, who has my best interest in mind, and who loves me. And you see how that perception of God tills the soil for listening, humility, and going, you say it, I believe it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I wholeheartedly agree with you. I said the purpose of revelation is application. You could invert that and just say revelation without application is hallucination and information. Yeah, right. When God yeah. speaks, when God speaks, he expects a response. Read Genesis 1. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, I think it's view of God. We get our view of God right. That puts humility into the equation. We're mm-hmm. always better listeners when we're humble and appliers when we're humble in in front of the reality of who he is and who we are. That's really good, man. Yeah, really well said. I, I heard you say in one of your podcasts recently, the numbers indicate that Christianity is actually on the rise, contrary to popular belief. Yes, I think it was it from mid, mid-2022 to mid-2023, Correct. roughly 44 million new Christians, yes. right? Yes, yes. Uh, it's, an, it's an incredible stat. I've, I've never heard anything like that before. And I, I thought that was so interesting. Um, the the other leg of this is that admittedly, probably a majority of new believers, or at least mm-hmm. if you look at the existing believers and the yeah. new believers, 
are yeah. not men. <laughs> they're yeah. right. They're women. Um, women, I guess, women and children. I'm not sure how those numbers all all calculate, but what what would you say to um to guys who maybe want like again i know my audience i know that my audience they're not going to be the passive guys who are like oh local church rah 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 like we love the local church we're big on it here on this podcast um but i do know that guys still struggle sometimes to plug into local church because maybe they have some sexual sin in their lives and they don't want to get into leadership um maybe it's they don't have they don't have confidence they don't feel like they know the bible well enough which we've already kind of talked about that i guess but um I think guys really do need to step up. That's something I'm very passionate about and something I yeah. dream about with our clients when they get free of pornography is that they do step into church roles and, and participate right. more. And we see that happen. Um, how are you encouraging your men to be a little bit more active in the local church? Yeah, it's it's just, again, you have to look at uh, look, look at Jesus and how he describes the local church and what the purpose of the local church you know, is mm. um, on earth. The, the local church has agency for the kingdom of God. Hmm. And when you understand that, you know, the local church, the body of Christ, and, you know, I'm not talking about the body of Christ universal. I'm talking about the local church in your community that has agency for the kingdom of God, that is an outpost and an embassy for God's people led by a shepherd and a pastor whose purpose is the great commission and great commandment in his city block, his neighborhood, his rural town, his metro urban city, Hmm. and you live in that geographic location, right? You can't experience God's fullest purpose without being connected to God's body. Hmm. A a, A member of the body only has function if it's connected to the full body and the head. And so, you know, if I cut off my pinky finger, it would lose its function. If I cut off my arm from the body, my arm would be laying on the ground. You and I are a member of Christ's body. Mm. And we can't experience our fullest function and utility disconnected from the body. That's why Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians who thought, you know, they could do it individually and sort of autonomously, you know, you can't do Christianity autonomously. It's an oxymoron. You have to be connected to the body of Christ. And that's why you have a local church. So you have to see yourself, first of all, in who you are as a member of God's family and part of the body of Christ. And that body of Christ locally needs you. Hmm. Um, It's it's an ER. um, You know, it's not a... It's not a sterile environment where perfect people are. The church is a place for the broken. It's the place where sinners gather who are saved by grace, who worship together and are grateful to God for their salvation and who are working it out. They're they're all works in process. And so my encouragement to the guy who's listening, who has maybe issues with plugging into the local church, just remember what God says. Let's get God's mind on you. You are a member of the body of Christ. You can't experience his fullest purpose for you unless you're connected to the body of Christ, your fullest function. You have to be connected. That's why Paul says the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you, but we act like it. And that's, that's cultural thinking, not biblical thinking, right? Cultural thinking says, Hey, you're, you're, you're good on your own. You're strong. You're independent. Um, you're resourceful. You're smart. You're self-sufficient. You're okay. That's, that's good. If you're, you know, a special forces operator, you know, dropped into the middle of a hostile theater. God doesn't say that. 
He says, you are a member of a family. You need your family to experience my will for your life. You got to be connected to my, to, 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 to my family. And I have gifts I've deposited inside of you that need to make my family healthier. And my gifts that I've deposited in other people are going to make you healthier. And then together, you're going to go reach the world, you know, from that place of health and mission. And so, um, you know, I think you have to be wise choosing a a church. There are all kinds of churches out there, but I would, I would really, you know, put some thought into, well, where am I going to go? Do they have a men's culture? Mm. Is there a men's ministry? Is yeah. do they do ministries that don't just deal to the, the the sanctified and sanitized you know image, but do they help people who struggle? Yeah, you know, do they have a heart for the least of these. Um, yeah. What the pastor preaches is it all about information and perfection, and or is is he authentic? Is does he ever struggle? Does he yeah. talk about struggling ever? Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's hard. To be in a community where there's first and second class Christians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're all we're all sinners saved by grace, bringing our empty bowl to the rescue mission yeah. from top to bottom. It's just that we have different gifts deposited in us top to bottom. Yeah. And we deploy those gifts top to bottom to edify believers and encourage believers. So if you go to a church and you feel encouraged especially with some of, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, that guy's talking about, that guy's a real person. Um, These people seem like they're authentic and they're not, you know, they're not into perfectionistic religion. That might be the place for you. Yeah. 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 And I I think a lot of guys would relate to that because that's, um, you know, it's one of the common complaints you do hear about the church is that there's not that relatability or there's the, the, unofficial classism, I think all that kind of stuff you're mentioning. I want to switch gears a little bit. You have a a movement called Dangerous Good, and I would love for you to talk about it as kind of a segue into what I think is the the really important second half of this conversation, which is guys reaching their God-given potential and becoming everything that he's made them to be. And, you know, that's, that's one thing I discovered about myself. God gave me this assignment to help guys quit pornography and, you know, I was graciously accepted. I've, I've really enjoyed it. But what I've noticed pretty early on is, you know, helping guys get free of, of sexual sin is, is exciting. I, I enjoy it. But what I'm the most passionate about is helping guys step into their potential, become everything God made them to be. And sexual sin yeah. is just maybe the biggest obstacle that's in the way of that. Um, and I, yeah. I felt like a real kind of kindred uh, or like a, a unity in sort of the mission behind dangerous good and what you're up to there. I wonder if you can just share a little bit about it and we'll, we'll let that be a little segue into kind of the back half here. Well, let, let me just say, um, let's address the tension that, that was inside of you. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I love helping men experience freedom and healing in this area of sexual integrity. Um, let me just say, um, you can't move on until you've you've kind of slayed this dragon into the deeper life in God, it, it's just a it's just a, a, a besetting obstacle that's in the way. And and Christ has rule and dominion and power over that. And as you figure out the reasons for uh, the pursuit of false intimacy, and you get 
into the truth behind why we pursue false intimacy, what's going on in the heart. Um, and that's what you do. Mm. Uh, that's, that's what you help men do. You help them get to the, not, you know, the problem doesn't exist at the level at which you see it. Usually it's below, there's a driver, there's conscious and subconscious drivers yes. that push us. I mean, I remember when I started the every man's battle workshop, with, with Joe Dallas, you know, and I remember, I mean, we've helped thousands and thousands of men and that's, we realized it wasn't going to be behavior modification. No. It was going to be heart transformation Yeah, that's uh, right. because when you try to address the issue of sexual integrity through behavior modification, inevitably uh, what the root issues are don't change. And so then you relapse and, and all that. So um, yep. the work that you do, the work that I've done, we're into the heart. And what are the drivers uh, that we need to, to come in contact with? So what, what's next after that, after you, after God displaces maybe some blame, shame, fear, guilt, or fear uh, with his love, and then we become full. So we become the kind of person who doesn't need to do that versus mm -hmm. changing our behaviors. What's next? And um, what's next is that you become the man that God created you to be. So we've got an obstacle out of the way. What's God's fullest vision and intention for you? Well, we read about that in a couple of places, 2 Corinthians 3, Romans 8, 29, uh, where he says that he, he predestined us in Christ to be conformed to the image of his son. Mm. So it's to become like Jesus himself. And that's the mission of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. When you have a relationship with God, the Bible says that he deposits the spirit of his son into our hearts to do what? To make us like Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's the lifelong process of Christ formation, becoming like him in character, becoming like him in attitude, becoming like him in behavior. And, and that comes about through a process of relationship with him and pouring time into that relationship and creating spaces for that relationship to blossom through spiritual disciplines, yeah. through Bible study, through solitude, through quiet, through fellowship, through, um, and you notice where I put those. I put, I didn't put them first. Yeah. Right. Them second. Yeah. They are the means through which the Holy spirit makes us like Christ. It It's spaces of transformation. So when you're in a relationship with someone, you create spaces of transformation to grow the relationship. You go on dates, you go on activities together, you do fun things, you spend time, you listen, you talk, and anything that fosters that, right, are the relational disciplines that we do to grow the relationship. Yep. And so, you know, when you've had a major victory, like you're like, Hey, you know what? I think I'm understanding who I am. And because I'm understanding who I am, a child of God, deeply loved by God. Now, I really don't have this, this thirst anymore, this, this empty place inside of me. So that when I feel sad, or when life gets hard, I don't need to turn to that to feel better. Mm. I turn to this and I have an outlet. I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with the body of Christ. I have the presence of the Holy Spirit. I have the word of God directing me and guiding my thinking now about myself. And so post-victory kind of, not victory, we're always in a battle, but, 
but just kind of getting a stasis, a baseline of health. Where do we go from there? Christ formation. And what are the spiritual disciplines that create the spaces Hmm. where gas can be thrown on that process where the Holy Spirit will take that space and your effort? You see, grace is not about earning, but grace has no problem with effort. You follow me? So people mistake effort for earning. That's Mm. not what our spiritual disciplines are for. Spiritual disciplines are for pouring gas on a relationship. We're not earning anything. Jesus did it all. Mm. But you still have to put effort into the relationship. That's really good. Not a static thing, right? And so that's where we put our energy. We put our energy into relationship with God and creating spaces in our lives to hear him talk, to hear him speak to us, to hear truth, which combats lies. Yeah. Put our faith in his truth and walk in it and put faith in it and apply it. And that's when you start becoming more like Jesus in your character and in your attitude and in your behaviors. Yeah. Wow. Really well said. And I I couldn't agree more. Can you... Um, I, I mean, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you now that we kind of brought it up. How, what were you doing to help guys um, walk in sexual integrity and yeah. hurdle sexual sin in their lives? What was some of the yeah. secret sauce for the heart yeah. transformation process for you guys? Yeah. So um, the, the big issue with sexual integrity um, is twofold. One is the restoration of spiritual fellowship with God. That's number one, right? That's why That's why David asks in Psalm 51, cleanse me, purify me, wash me, you know, but then he makes a transition. Then he, he says, cleanse me, purify me, wash me. So I want my relationship with you to be free. Right. And and this is something only you can do. Only you can cleanse me and wash me and purify me. And then he says this, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That word create is the same word from Genesis chapter one. It is an act of God where he creates something that previously did not exist. It's ex nihilo. It is the word bara in Hebrew. It is, you need to give me a new heart. I need you to give me a new heart, a new, a a new person creating me a clean heart. What is that? So God act unilaterally to transform my heart from the inside out. And, and make it clean. What does that mean? What is a clean heart? A clean heart is in biblically, and you hear David describe pure heart, clean heart, who may dwell on your holy hill. He, he refers to this many times, but it, a clean heart is an undivided heart. Hmm. A clean heart is one that's undivided between what I believe about you and what this relationship is and how I actually think and live. And those two hmm. come together for a wholeness Um, and an integrity. So living with sexual integrity involves a spiritual cleansing for relationship with God, and then increasing measures of love and loyalty so that when we get under pressure, right, we're going to choose loyalty and love in our relationship with God. And and that's, that's what that word means. So creating me a clean heart. So God's the only one who can do it. What's he going to do? He's going to give me uh, integrity of relationship. I'm not going to be divided anymore. And God, only you have the power to do that. Create me a clean heart and renew 
a steadfast spirit. So then there's the effort part. I have to maintain the relationship. I'm going to fight for this relationship. I'm not going to let anything divide us from this relationship. I'm going to take stands when I have to. And so I'm living out of this relationship with God and I'm loyal to him. Yeah. Under pressure. And, you know, David talks about that. You know, he talks about it. First Chronicles 20. I know my God that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. What does that mean? It means that under pressure, we have this relationship. And you know what? That's not as important to me anymore. This relationship is really important to me. Yeah. God has given me a new heart through his love and his grace and his forgiveness and his patience and his, his, his long suffering with me. He's mm. done for me what no one else can do. And I'm living loyally to him. And I think that's what everybody wants and expects in a relationship, you know, to, I marry people all the time. It's like, you never hear a guy like, you know, love and cherish honor and, you know, men <laughs> in hell till death do you part. If so say sort of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sort of sometimes, you know, I'll take a break every now and then. No. And that's covenant. Yeah. A covenant relationship has a transcendent level of affection loyalty, power, and intimacy hmm. that is different. Yeah. That, you know, God makes covenants with nations, the church, marriage, and his people. Yeah, yeah. It's transcendent. And so I think, you know, in this journey with God, and, you know, that's that's a big, big thing for masculinity right now. So as we are talking about dangerous good, and what does that even mean to be the dangerous good movement? Well, it's about men whose hearts have been radically impacted by a relationship with God through Jesus. They've said yes to his person. They've said yes to his work for salvation. Mm. But then they've also said yes to an ongoing relationship, which involves transformation into his likeness. So my journey now after salvation and all the great things that come with salvation, I'm in this relationship on, uh, until I die of transformation on earth, becoming like Jesus. So what was Jesus? Jesus was dangerous with goodness. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. Preach the gospel to the poor, sight to the blind, freedom to the captives, the favorable year of the Lord. He broke the rules of broken male culture, right? To touch the ethnically unacceptable, the morally unacceptable, the racially unacceptable. He didn't pre-qualify people. He was compassionate. He helped the harassed and and the helpless, and he helped the least of these. And so when we look at Jesus, we have our model, we have our rabbi. We have our mentor. And when he says, follow me, you have to understand what that meant in that context. It meant Mm. come stay with me and become me and learn how to be a human from me. Right. And so what kind of human is that? It's, It's a guy who delivers justice, who sticks it to the bad guy, who protects the vulnerable. He's dangerous with goodness. And that's why I wrote the book, Dangerous Good, because I think right now, there is an assault on masculine strength when strength isn't even the issue. Um, the issue is, do character and compassion guide your strength? Right. So there's broken alpha male. That's that's strength without character. Then there's 
Then there's alpha male. Then there's omega male created by uh, the feminist movement of the last 50 years who he's very emotionally in touch, but you're not going to run to him when the wolf is present. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. But then there's alpha and omega coming together in the person Christ inside of us, tough and tender, sacrificial, serving oriented, courageous Mm -hmm. and compassionate. And that's the dangerous good movement. And so we're going city to city in 21 cities in 20, 2024. We're going to bring together some of my worship friends, Brandon Lake, Chris Kilala, Mac Brock. We're going we're gonna to create a space where men can, can get in touch with who they are, who God is, let that impact their hearts. And then there's going to be a couple prophetic teaching times, another set. And then after the event, the Dangerous Good event, they get into a Dangerous Good Fellowship for hmm. five weeks. On week six, we pre-populated the Everyman app with over a thousand serve opportunities in that city for those guys who came to that event. And they go out in teams of five and six, all on one day for wow. a Dangerous Good Revolution to let the city see spirit-empowered men fully alive and free yeah. in the spirit of Jesus just like they saw in Acts chapters two through six. What did Jesus give the city of Jerusalem? He gave the city a movement of spirit-empowered guys who were salt and light, where they lived, where they worked, where they prayed, where they played. And that will be a witness to the glory of God. They will see salt, they will see light. People will go, what is with those guys? Those are the guys who were with Jesus. Wow, that is good. We'll we'll put a link in the show notes to that um that series of events because that sounds fantastic yeah pray for um, me I, I'm, I'm just i'm really right now I'm, I'm on my team man we are in full prep mode we yeah. are we are raising funds we are getting locations we are coordinating venues and so you know pray for me because you know god just spoke to me recently and he just said you know i i i know the mountains i've asked you to scale hmm and every, I'm going to honor every vision. I'm going to honor every promise. Come on. I'm going to show you that faithful are am I who call you, and I will also bring it to pass. But it's like in Psalm 121, where the guy says, my eyes look to the mountains. Mm, yeah. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So I'm on this journey. Like, I feel like I'm in the Jericho Valley looking up at a 3,500 foot ascent. Yeah. To go to Zion, and I'm going, whoa, (laughs) but God, my maker is bigger than my mountain. Yeah. This is the purpose for which God has put me on earth. And yeah, I I know that what I do is the mop-up operation, but the prayers of God's people, that wins the battle. Yeah, you got it, man. No, um, we will, we are definitely supporting you and I hope we can see the locations because I'm I'm sure yeah. some of our audience would like to come check it out. I yeah. want to ask you one last question here, Kenny, to wrap. Um, I am convinced that the next big move of God is going to center around holiness. And yes. I really believe that God is is raising up leaders who are qualified to be at the forefront of a holiness movement. Because admittedly, in our current day and age, we're lacking, you know, and that's that's where I get really excited about the work that God's called me to because yes. um, I feel like I'm dressing the bride of Christ, if I can put it that yes. way, you know, getting us ready yes. for this next movement. 
Um, what do you see in the future and what are you dreaming about men, you know, becoming um, not just within the church, but really in society? Because I know you have that kind of big vision for it in the yeah. next 5, 10, 20 yeah. years. What, what are you imagining? Yeah, so there's 2.8 um, billion Christians in the world, which gives us roughly 700 million men walking planet Earth as you and I talk who claim the name of Jesus. If you were to ask them, are you a Christian? They would say, yes, I am yeah. by affiliation, but not by activation. And that's why mm. God's spirit is moving across the globe. And God is allowing history to unfold and apply certain pressures to men of God all over the world in their context to get them to not just affiliate to Jesus, but activate for Jesus. And part of that activation is their sanctification, right? Mm -hmm. It's a process of becoming like Christ, who was tempted in every way, but was yet without sin, which makes him the perfect high priest. We're not a movement, uh, you and I, of perfection, but we are a movement of Christ-likeness. And in the end, the decisions that we make, every one of the 700 million, need to involve what will I do in this moment that will show love for God and what will show love for people. And that is holiness in its simplest form. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Yep. You and me both, we're on the same page there. Um, this has been awesome. I, I'm so glad that we finally got to make this interview happen, me Kenny. Too. Yeah, thanks for your time, man. We'll put yeah. a, a link to Dangerous Good. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that the guys can do to go check you out and find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, sure. I want to encourage all your listeners to go get a copy of Dangerous Good. It's it's a worldwide movement that um, that Sathai Sam and I are a part of, really. We're, 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 we're kindred spirits. It's, yeah. it's and all over the globe, being filled with the Holy Spirit, becoming like Christ in their context and having influence on the world around them. So get a copy of Dangerous Good. Then if you want to if you want to see what I'm doing weekly, there's a live weekly study uh, on the Everyman platform that is uh, you just go to everymanministries.com. And then we have the world's largest library of faith based content um, for men. So there's curriculums. There's over 100 different curriculums and studies, not just with me, but with subject matter experts, leaders, experts on family and marriage and influence. Oh, fantastic. And so you can go to everymanministries.com for yourself, for your men's group, or for your church. Okay, you got it. We'll put links to all that in the show notes. In the meantime, God bless you, man. We're, we're cheering you on, and thanks for your time today. All right. God bless. Well, there you have it. Uh, go check this guy out. Uh, if you resonate with what he's talking about, he's got a book. He's running events. We actually had a conversation off air after this interview was done about how we can maybe get him in Toronto and how we can put an event together. So we'll see. But, um, you know, he's doing events around the country next year. And I would be great for you guys to be a part of it. And then again, if you want to be part of a weekly study with him or get your hands on some other resources, everymanministries.com is the place to do it. And you will not regret that. So that's everything. And look, if you were listening to this interview with Kenny and you're saying, you know what? It is time for me to get right with God. It's time for me to eliminate the last thing. Or, or maybe it's one of many things, but it's the big thing that is stopping you from spiritually growing and becoming the man God made you to be. You know that you need porn out of your life. Well, I want to invite you to book a call with someone from our team. We are taking calls every single day with guys like you who are done. They're sick and tired. They've had enough. 
They're ready to be free once and for all. This is a chance for you to get some clarity on your own situation to understand things better and then to see if our program is a good fit for you. It's not a very high pressure environment, but if you feel like uh, you need to explore something that's a little bit more formal, you want an existing system, you want to have killer coaching in that system and everything that comes with it, this is your chance to do that. So the link is in the show notes, book a call. The program's called Deep Clean. You can go look us up. You can go do some research on your own if you want, although I have some videos on the site that'll explain everything once you book in your time. I'll leave that all up to you. The link is in the show notes. In the meantime, I am cheering you on, guys. Have an amazing day. Stay clean. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.